it, I'm ready to do it, I can't be afraid now Put me on the stage now, I'm ready to rage now I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out Howdy folks, Jamie Alton here and welcome to episode 4 of my 9 part series special that I'm kickstarting 2022 with Over these 9 episodes I'm going to be asking the same 9 questions to some of the top personal trainers, business owners, entrepreneurs, and mindset coaches on the planet. And if you missed the previous episodes, make sure to head on back to episode one and have a watch or listen to that first. These incredible humans I'm interviewing have coached millions of people with their bodies, brains, and businesses. And some of these experts have built themselves multiple seven and nine figure businesses. Just on Instagram alone, they have a combined following of over 4.2 million followers and are some of the leading experts in their field. These experts will also be speaking this year at the International Fitness Summit in Lisbon, Portugal. And if you'd like to find out more, and most importantly, grab yourself a ticket to one of the most anticipated events of the year, head on over to internationalfitnesssummit.com. If this is your first time that you've tuned into my channel, please hit that subscribe button and make sure to get notifications because over the next few episodes, you're going to be hit with some absolute gems that are really going to help improve your life. The fourth question that I asked to the experts was, what is a belief or behavior that you've changed your mind on in the past five years? Let's have a listen to what each of them said. I think one of the biggest factors to success is not only feeling worthy of it at the actual time and proceeding towards it with all the actions or the learning and the implementation, but it's actually being worthy of keeping your success and actually ingraining that into your soul and getting clear as to why you deserve it in the sense of if you're working with clients, getting very good at reading through the testimonials or the lives that you've changed. If you've been running a business for a period of time, it can get very easy to desensitize yourself to that. And quite often you need to remind yourself even more so as you get deeper and deeper and deeper into your business and you start to grow it or your purpose or your mission or whatever it is. Look at the people that you've had a positive impact on. Look at the lives that you're changing or influencing. Uh, You'll know that with people that are following through with what you're currently doing or people that say to you, hey, you've changed my life or hey, you've given me an idea or hey, you started this for me. So looking at that as an inspiration to obviously remind you as to why you're doing this because I think it's very easy to forget why you're doing it in the first place and one of the biggest reasons is going to be impact. That you don't always know everything. I feel like growing up I always thought I had to be right and I would get very annoyed if someone tried to correct me on something and it's more like you can learn a lot if you aren't the first person to speak like I will often now sit in a room and wait for everyone else to talk first before I say something because I'm like hold on a minute I can probably learn something off these people before that I've even said anything and I'm quite an introvert like I'm never really the first person to talk in a group of people because I'm trying to assess the situation but I think it's more learning that I can have an opinion and not be right about something and then without saying no I think you're wrong but then listening to why I would be wrong and like challenging other people's opinions spirituality Go on. so uh, meditation other dimensions of reality um, I'm probably more agnostic than I was atheist and psychedelic experiences 
have opened a whole lateral way of thinking and believing about everything that exists. Sounds kind of hippie, but my whole perception of existence has changed through that. And I have a lot more respect and time for not only people's beliefs, where I was very atheist and I was very much like, oh, you're a fucking idiot if you believe in a God, uh, and people's spirituality. And I think that before, even though I don't meditate, I now understand completely why people do it because we, the way that every day we alter our state of consciousness, whether it's through alcohol, whether it's through you know medication, whether it's through whatever, there are so many other positive ways to influence that state of consciousness, whether it's praying, meditating, taking psychedelics. Before James at 26 would have almost looked down at an inferior intelligence to now the people that I admire, probably in those spaces. Expectations. Uh, when I was 24, I started my journey on personal development because I wasn't happy and I didn't know who I was. And for years, I've invested tens of thousands on, believe it or not, not just business mentors, but uh, personal development and human behavior specialists because that mind aspect fascinates me because I'll always say, if, if you're not happy, your business isn't happy. And if you're not happy, your relationships aren't happy. And if you're not happy, your body's not happy. And I wasn't happy. And I've always struggled. When I met my wife, because you say five years ago, we've been together five years. And when I met her, she used to say, do you know you get wound up a lot? I went, what? She goes, with other people. Not conforming to my ideal way of being. And I would, my uh, ops director in Nottingham at the gym, if she didn't get in at nine o'clock and reply to me, when she starts at nine o'clock, I'd be pissed. And my wife would say, but she's got three kids. And I'm like, yeah, but she, she needs to reply. And she goes, but she will do, but give her a bit of time to settle in. So I started to change my expectations and not started to get other people to live according to my values and understand that other people have got their values. So five years ago, it was a massive turning point to me to realize that I should never expect other people to live according to mine. And that, that's at the age of 38, right? So that's later on in life. And I try and teach that to trainers. It's like my parents don't understand the fitness industry but I can't expect them to understand bodybuilding. My parents don't understand how hard I want to work because they expect me to have more time off. My dad wanted me to have more drinks with him, but didn't understand the industry, so I used to get frustrated. And so to me, it's, you've got to manage your expectations. And I think that you'll become a lot happier if you concentrate on your own values, concentrate on your own life, be happy in what you're doing, and lower your expectations of other people. I think the biggest thing to me is really accepting growth mindset in every area. So not just like, oh yeah, I believe I can do this. I believe I can lose weight, I believe. But really personality traits as well. Like I think so many people say, oh, but well, that's just what Emma's like, or oh, that's just Jamie, he's like that. If you don't like being like that, if that's a trait that you don't like, you can still change it. And I, I think it's more other people's assumption that you can't, or maybe people not being open to that. Like, oh, you've always been like that. And when you meet like friends that you've known from years ago, like, oh, but that's what you're like. It's like, no, no it's not anymore. because. I didn't like that trait in myself, so I've changed it. And I think understanding that, yeah, everything is changeable, even your personality. I think the biggest thing that I have changed my mind on is the concept of willpower. And I think as a young person getting into the industry, I didn't understand that willpower was different depending on the resources that people had available to them. 
So I was a young guy that worked fucking hard to improve my fitness levels and change my physique and everything else. And I lacked empathy for people who struggled to make it happen because in my head I was willing to pay the sacrifices that other people wouldn't. And when life circumstances change for me, whether it was changes in physical health or mental health or circumstances, I realized that I didn't understand how difficult it was for some people to muster up the willpower to even want to exercise in the first place. Um, so I think I overlooked the psychological role that the brain has on people wanting to do anything in their life, whether that's exercise or anything else. Um, I was a lot more pro like calorie macro tracking for clients and general population. And obviously it does have its pros. It's very, uh, allows you to be a lot more specific with your nutrition intake and so on. But over the years, I've learned that I don't think that's what the general population really needs. And they don't need to track their calories. They don't need to track their macros to live healthier, fitter lives. So I felt like I was kind of looking back, I was focusing on like a small piece of the puzzle that only suits a certain subset of the population, which can be fine for some people. But for most people, they don't even have like the basics of their nutrition behaviors down. So if you can even focus on things like, let's get you hydrating more or getting eating more like fruits and veggies, eating more protein and doing those things, they can actually see tremendous progress and feel a lot healthier in that way. So I recognize a lot more the potential risks of something like calorie counting or macro counting, um, but also recognizing that even though something like focusing on healthy habits is not as like specific um, and it might be harder to track in some ways, numbers wise, um, it doesn't have to be an exact procedure, right? Because energy balance is dynamic. And so uh, moving away more from calories, more onto habits and behavior focus has been big for me. I think for me, in regards to beliefs, Probably self belief has been has been the biggest one. Like I just said, at the start of this podcast, it it seemed very strange coming on because your podcast was one of the ones that I listened to all the time during those morning walks, and it was one of the things that got me to quit my job because I was working for the police at the time, and sort of had to had to burn the boat and learn to swim. So it's very surreal, kind of sitting here doing this doing the speaking events and whatever else. And I suppose that imposter syndrome kind of creeps in. So one of the big things has been for me, trying to understand why I'm in this position, what I've done before it, and having more belief in myself. Because obviously self-confidence and self-belief are two different things. So self-confidence is obviously what comes from taking action and proving skills, but self-belief is believing in yourself regardless of that. And that's something that I've struggled with over the past couple of years. And it's still something that I have to do now and think about is someone going to come and call me out? Is someone going to say, Ben, what the fuck are you doing there? And it's it's these kind of situations that you sometimes doubt yourself and ask yourself why you're there. And that's something I think over the past, especially the past year, I've tried to work on more and more. I want to say something to do with morning routines. Like I'm a big believer in morning routines, but I think that so often we can try and cookie cutter other people's. Like for example, you do your swim every morning. And I think that sometimes people can try and cookie cutter other people's morning swims or um, habits because they see how well it's doing for them. And 
something that I've changed my mind on is I do believe in morning routines and all of the rest, but I, I really do think that you have to make it your own. Whereas I used to think like you need a cold shower first thing in the morning. For me, I don't mind a cold dip in the sea or whatever, but cold showers, I'm not in them. I'm not for them. And so that's probably something that I've kind of changed my mind on. Whereas I used to think it was black and white. Um, you know, cold showers are good for you. Uh, hot saunas are good for you, that kind of stuff. Whereas I think it really is, is, is a personal choice. I'm probably going to talk about sobriety because, again, I'm a club promoter. I've filled nightclubs for a decade and a half and I wanted to have more time to spend on things that I truly cared about. And just partying threw me off. It meant that I spent one day every fortnight hanging out with my ass, feeling sick, not really getting anything done. Then the day after that, I was maybe only at 75%. And then the day after that, I was maybe only at sort of 90%. So it's just this slow sort of creep that you have on your time and um, if you'd told me 10 years ago that sobriety was going to be this productivity tool that was going to fix a lot of the issues that I was finding, I would have been in a lot of disbelief. But it turns out that that's exactly how it worked for me. And um, yeah, I think it's good in doses if you dedicate yourself to something, if you've got a period of time where you really, really want to get some work done, just take a break from drinking and see what happens. It's such an improvement. Other stuff like basic bits, meditation was something that I hadn't really understood before wasn't something that I'd particularly used um but yeah the fundamental building block of like the last half decade has been going sober because it just meant that I had more time and more calories and more energy and more consistency to spend on stuff that I cared about I've learned to believe in myself a lot more and rely on inner resources a lot more for that smallest things like gratitude for example and relying on the external less to let me know when I'm my version or of successful or at least progressing in life and just recognizing my own wins. So I think that's been my biggest mind shift, self-belief. Belief and behavior, aiming towards um, performance over aesthetics has been a huge one for me over the last few years. And that is not just relevant to me, that's also to my clients, um, to people that I train, like my friends as well, and trying to discuss with them the idea that we are so much more than just how we look. Um, and I think for years, I believed my look or the way I looked was somehow correlating to my self-worth. And I think over the last few years, I've really understood that what I can do, what I can say, how I can help, is so much more important than the way I look. So that's taken a while to develop that because you have to be pretty confident in your skill as an athlete or your education as an educator or a coach or a PT um, to be able to believe that they're enough. So yeah, I think that. Not caring what people think is most definitely the biggest change because I've found that this impacts how you feel and how you take actions with whatever decision that you want to make. And no one's opinion but yours actually matter. People tend to ask opinions of others all the time. And I think it sometimes nudges you the wrong direction because most people say things to benefit themselves. So which is why I don't care what anyone thinks of me, what I do, what I say. And... Uh, that is the biggest thing, not caring what other people's opinions are and going with my gut feeling. That's the biggest change, I would say, in the last five years, for sure. Yeah. I think, actually, yeah, five years ago, I believed that 
it's sustainable fat loss was not possible without misery. I also believed that I knew all of the things that I needed to know with, well, not all of that. I was, I was never kind of that overconfident, but I thought that things were a lot simpler than I think they are now. And I think even sort of simple things like the idea of pursuing weight loss as a goal for increased health has its own implications as well. Um, understanding that, you know, fitness looks different for everybody, understanding that health looks different for everybody, um, and also access to health looks different for everybody. Um, I guess it's been more of a um, more of a, a, a general understanding of the fact that we just know so much less than than we think that we know, even when we're talking as experts about things. That everyone who is overweight to a point where it's detrimental to their health should diet. I always believed that that was the case. That if body fat levels are impacting your health, you should diet. But I don't believe that anymore. I think for a lot of people that would be of benefit. But I think in the fitness industry, we still uh, we we're getting to grips with saying maybe you don't need to diet to people who are in smaller bodies. But we still think people in larger bodies should always want to diet. And for a lot of people in larger bodies, dieting is still not the right thing for them to do because it impacts their health in so many other ways. But it's, when I first started my fitness career, so to speak, I always differentiated. I thought it, if it's impacting your health, you should diet. And actually, we know that diets are not that are detrimental to some people and there's so many other things that they could be doing, focus on habits, emotional regulation, all these other things that are going to be way better for their health than losing body fat by a, a calorie deficit at the end of the day. So. Possibly, kind of still working on it, would be how coming to terms with being confident in myself as opposed to worrying too much about what other people think. So I, I remember maybe going back 10 years if I was going anywhere, I would be kind of making sure that you know my hair was was all right and everything probably normal things to be honest but if i didn't do that i would feel a bit self-conscious when i was going to go and I, over the last sort of few years i've just become a little bit more relaxed you could say oh yeah you just let yourself go now <laughs> but i would be more comfortable just going anywhere looking any kind of way wearing any kind of clothes and not kind of worried about what people think of me like if people want to judge that's absolutely fine it probably wouldn't affect me whereas five years ago I'd be walking around thinking Jesus I've got these shit trainers on and what are they thinking and all this kind of stuff oh what was I very certain on I'll tell you what yeah all right actually I've got probably one um I was probably adamant that say to work with Grenade and build a business and build a brand you had to be in the office and the more time you spent in the office that meant you were working harder and you were getting more done and I guess over the last 18 months, I've realised I was way off the mark with that. Since the team have been working from home, we've worked a lot smarter. Probably not as hard in terms of the amount of hours, but it's been a lot more focused. And um, I mean, it's not as enjoyable as doing stuff face to face. You know, I'm a bit sick of doing stuff on Teams and Zoom. I think everyone is. But um, yeah, I've changed my mindset on that. So not going to the office is fine. And I save myself 10 hours a week which is a big chunk of time, as you know, in terms of the commuting. So that's probably the one thing I've, I'd, I, would have been, I would have been adamant on that. I'd have said we cannot maintain or build this brand unless we're in the office every day, five days a week. I feel like I talk about this a lot and I already know what I'm going to say. And probably because me and Ben have actually done an event on this as well. But how motivation is more so a little bit of bullshit. 
purely because, hear me out, so motivation is more so a ride, isn't it? It's a wave. It goes up and down, cool, you know. Oh, I feel so motivated today. I feel awesome, I'm gonna hit the gym. Other days, I feel re really shit today. I'm not really feeling it. It's, I used to rely on that high feeling. And if I wasn't there, if I wasn't motivated feeling it, I thought I was letting myself down. I thought I was giving up and all of this. But in reality, it's being committed to something. So people ask me now, how are you so motivated all the time? I'm like, oh my God, I'm absolutely not. I'm really not, I'm not no one is. It's, it's not really something you do. I'm just hella committed. So being very committed and devoted to something allows the motivation to surge and it allows it to come through. If I'm having a bad day, I don't really want to go to the gym. I'm like, oh, I'm going to hit it anyway. You know, I'm going to go and have a good session because I'm committed and I'm determined to do that for my goals or business or whatever it is. Clearly had no motivation. So I think that's a really big misconception that it's like gurus, motivational gurus, and you pay millions of pounds to feel motivated 24-7. Doesn't really work like that. I hope, I hope that was a, a good one. <laughs> The number one belief that I probably changed, and I talked about this last week on a training that I did, is the fact that people make us feel a certain way. And I'm like, no, no one has the power to make me feel pissed off. That's my responsibility. No one has the power to upset me, hurt me. I mean, it, it doesn't mean to say that I don't get triggered, but when I remember that, actually, I mean, as soon as I point the finger, I lose all my power. And I'm like, once I realize that my, the way that I felt, as a result of other people was on me that changed everything for me. Do you know what I mean? You you know me a long time now. I used to be the I used to be the fucking guy ranting on Facebook about other people all the time. This guy's this, this guy's that ranting all the time. And then I just figured out that actually just I can't expect me from anyone else. I wouldn't have done that. She shouldn't be doing that. Do you know what I mean? So probably I have these things that I call amalgams, which are like little phrases. You definitely got them. Little phrases that you've kind of tattooed on your head. That when negativity comes knocking, they're kind of you're like, oh shit, yeah, everyone's trying their best. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's one of them is that I can't ex don't expect you from anyone else. This is going to be a bit. This is going to sound a bit funny, and it's it's kind of a belief or a way of thinking that I would have changed, and that was the kind of the need to be right. Um, so I think a lot of people get trapped in the idea of of something that they think or something they believe is right has to be right. And I would say that probably the biggest thing that I've changed in the last five years is to really be open to the possibility of being wrong about everything that I think and believe. It doesn't necessarily mean that I am wrong about everything that I think and believe, but absolutely be open to the possibility of being wrong and just having that more well-rounded perspective. As in, I was speaking to someone just yesterday um, about arguments, and they said that the only, the only good resolution from an argument is not to have anybody win or lose it, but for people to both walk away with a, a more well-rounded perspective. And I think thinking about life and thinking about issues and thinking about beliefs that way is probably much more productive than having the need to, to be right or or, or even or even be wrong. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top.